1: You can call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I think particularly what I want to talk about on occasion is the stock market and the economy and how the two work together. And right now what's happening to the stock market and the economy, stock market's getting a little bit on the spooked side. And who's not to blame the stock market for doing that? It's a high-flying vehicle right now. It's had a great five-year run without many corrections to let the quote-unquote steam out. But on occasion, it does need to let the steam out. Just like you, you know, you're in a high-pressure marriage on occasion. You need to stop, relax, and chill. Um, You need to get back to who you are, have a cigar, whatever relaxes you. Stock market sprung into bullish-minded action on Friday, after Thursday getting a little beat up with the whole drama that is the MH17 in eastern Ukraine, the Israeli ground assault in Gaza. Every sector was higher on Friday. Volatility plunged, i.e. people weren't all that concerned. Now, over the weekend, we get concerned with it again. Geopolitical concerns being plucked at as adequate headlines for a bit of a sell-off. It's normal, and it's healthy, and there's almost nothing you could do about it unless you want to take action and, hey, if you took action on Thursday, on Friday you were looking pretty stupid. That's the you know the damnation game, so to speak. The S&P 500's down 10, the Dow's down 107, the Nasdaq down 21. With that said, you know, uh, taking a look at the markets again today, it's, it's red, and it's not attractive, and it's largely tied towards um, geopolitical concerns. Nothing in the earnings has really been that shocking. Corporate news has been limited and revolves mostly around earnings results. Has, Alliburton, Hasbro, SunTrust, and Allergen all posted better than expected. Another corporate item of note, Reynolds American was ordered to pay a widow of a smoker who died of lung cancer, $23 billion. That news is expected to pressure the whole tobacco group today. Could act as a drag on the consumer staple sector, $23 billion. I thought we were past those kind of lawsuits, but I guess we're not. Um, busy week of earnings, 150 of the 500 companies on the S&P 500 are going to have the results. Blended results of earnings are expected to be up about 6.9%, an improvement of the 6.7%, which was just a couple weeks ago, taken uh, as far as expectations go. Taking a look at know the earnings calendar. This week, uh, like I said, is a, a pretty big one. Um, banks aren't doing that great. They take a lot of charges. Um, some people are surprised on the upside, which is nice, but there's a lot of charges out there. Uh, today, after the close, we're going to get Netflix, probably the most dramatic name, right? Um, it could be up 30, it could be down 30, uh, but Chipotle also coming out. Crocs, you might remember those ugly shoes. They're coming out with numbers later tonight. Other companies that look to be coming out, Ultra Clean Holdings, Steel Dynamics, Rent-A-Center, um, Packaging Corporation, Brown and Brown, a big liquor company. Um, tomorrow, you know, after the bell, I think we're going to get Apple. I think that's one that has a lot of people, you know, thinking what are those numbers going to look like. Um, Electronic Arts tomorrow after the close. Juniper Networks Intuitive Surgical, it's a high flyer. Microsoft, VMware, so earning season is out in a boot. And uh, it's happening right during the geopolitical situation in the world. Earlier this year, we did have Russia invading Ukraine. Now we've had a plane shut down over Ukraine. Um, It's been kind of drama, drama tied towards Ukraine, right? Geopolitical situation, acting as a bit of a damper. You're seeing the S&P 500 rally last week. And that typically, eh, a lot of people will sometimes go, we're just gonna wait this one out. Let's go to Nona from Oakland. Nona, how are you? Just fine. How are you
0: this morning? Good. What's up? I have two questions. Um, One is that from time to time, I do do the um, retirement calculators, and based on the current um, economic climate, what percentage should I use? I know in the past at one time, you'd use 10 or 11%. But when I'm doing my planning, I'm wondering what percentage should I use? And then my second question is whether or not my thinking is correct. Um, My thinking of talking about specifically is retirement planning. I want to put 10% away in my 457, but right now I have a young child and due to daycare expenses or just having expenses of a young child, I cannot do do it immediately. I have to delay it till June, July of next year, and then I'll be able to do 10%, plus where I work I get a pension. So I'm wondering... How do I use these criteria to not be poor in the future? <laughs> yeah. um,
1: I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer that in two minutes or less, because this is a hard break. But, Nona, what I would probably do with retirement calculators is I would set up some various scenarios. Mm. One that One is, like, maybe 6% where it's very conservative. One where it's 10%, which is more of a historical norm. I wouldn't do the 15% returns. Mm-hmm. Because if you get that, you're, you're well off, great. But I wouldn't count on it, and some people kind of lie to themselves and start saying, you know, well, if I get 15%, then I only have to do this much. Um, getting higher than the historical norm is not norm. It's okay. tough. As far as the number that you're looking at, uh, so you know your age, and you retirement calculators yeah. differ. Like Schwab's got a real nice one. Um, you put in your in- – uh, yeah, Charles Schwab. So if you Google SCHWAB and retirement calculator, it'll come up. You put in a little bit about yourself, how old you are, when you expect to retire, your household income, how much have you saved so far, how much do you plan to put in, are you going to receive Social Security benefits? If you don't know your Social Security benefits, you go to ssa.gov, um, Social Security Administration, and you kind of see where you're projected to get Social Security Um, You build that into your retirement calculator. Um, Your pension, you could build it into your retirement income. There's typically a line that says something like, how much supplemental income do you plan to receive each year in retirement, not including Social Security or investment portfolio? So you're saving money in an investment portfolio. You've got a pension. To me, and this is me, this is not you, the pension is going to act a lot like income for you, and that allows you to, I think you said you have a 457? Yeah. I think that will allow your 457 to be a little bit more growthy so you can try, you know, get like an S&P 500 fund, a Wilshire 5000 fund, um, you know, a Russell 3000 fund, something that gets you some emerging markets. How old are you? I don't even know your age. 43. Okay. So you've got 20 years. Um, In my opinion, is a good way of looking at this, maybe a little bit longer. But, yeah, if you drop me an email, I'll send you that link. Um, you can drop me an email at rob at com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Um, and I'll send you some basic ideas, but I'm glad that you're asking these questions. And, you know, it's great that you said, what will my rate of return be in these crazy times? These times aren't that crazy. They always are. It's We've always had war, wars or presidents assassinated or inflation or deflation, high oil, low oil. You get the idea. You can drop me an email at rob at com. She's a longer in a the revolution. in rob black and your money i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more please don't be shy the one thing about this show that i could tell you is that we have to chat we have to talk um kind of we're all in this together and we can become better investors i promise you that 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air it's 800-516-1220 millennials people 18 to 34 big demographic for online commerce spending more money online in a given year than any other age group. They spend roughly $2,000 on e-commerce. Boomers, on the other hand, have adopted mobile commerce. One in four mobile shoppers in the U.S. is over the age of 55. There's some crazy statistics at this point in time tied towards mobile usage. Turns out the average American now is spending about three hours a day on their cell phone um americans spend almost three hours a day on their phones a lot of it's uh gaming facebook uh, social networking youtube entertainment productivity a little bit of news it's pretty shocking stuff anyhow you can find me online at robblack.com drop a show an email rob at robblackshow.com it's a new email address sp500 down nine the dow is down 104 the nasdaq down 19 joining me now CFP, Chad Burton, Mr. Burton, email came in that says something along the lines, is there a website to rank stocks by dividend yield and history of dividend yield? I find this wildly interesting because mm-hmm. I, I
2: think it's probably asking the wrong question. Well, yeah, because to pick stocks just simply by their dividend yield can get you into a lot of trouble. Um, I mean, for example, you could find an MLP, Master Limited Partnership, publicly traded stock, like. Magellan Midstream, which is a stock that I used to own. And uh, you could say, oh gosh, it's got a great yield. But people don't realize that some of that yield is a return of capital. And so as you receive that income in a taxable account, your cost basis actually drops and you don't even really notice it until you go to sell it and then you're paying taxes on more than you thought. Um, Also, you get a K-1 that could force you to do a uh, extension because K-1s don't tend to come until after April. Um, And that's actually a pretty good area to invest. It's been a very successful area to invest is, is match Limited Partnerships. There's different ways to do it. Problem is, is, if you're buying stocks, you don't know, and all you're doing is the dividend yield, two things happen. Number one, if you get into a credit crisis situation or a rising rate environment, those stocks can get hammered. They can get hammered. You might have, end up being in a, in a preferred share. that You don't know the company very well, and interest rates rise, and you can lose 20%. So, there's some good high-yielding stocks out there, but to just invest in stocks for the yield, and you don't know what the dividend coverage is, how they're paying for that dividend, are they borrowing money, continue to pay for that dividend? It's a horrible way to do it.
1: Like one stock I own, AT&T. It's got a great dividend yield, but there's another stock that has a similar dividend yield, that, like Annaly Mortgage, that mm-hmm. I'm not going to touch. Um, One's dealing with mortgages. One's dealing with you know business phones and data plans. And I, I trust the cash flow of one more so than I trust the cash flow of another. Mm-hmm. Um, so hunting for yield is the wrong way of going about it. Right? It's something you've talked about recently. Is when you put together a portfolio of income uh, or a portfolio designed to create and generate income, is you kind of have to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, mm-hmm. and a little bit of that.
2: It's not as easy as one size fits all. No, I just, I like, I like dividend achievers. So that idea that you've talked about, mergents, dividend achievers, which NASDAQ bought the rights to that indexing approach. Um, companies that have a history of raising their dividend on average by about 10% a year, but you look at free cash flow and how they're paying for their dividend. And even you look at, at AT&T, they've got a great, you know, history of raising their dividend by I think it's something like 5.5% or to 10% a year on average. But, you look down the road, and if they don't start increasing revenues, there's going to be an issue. Which is one of the reasons why they're doing the deal that they're doing right now, is to try to increase that revenue in the long run, so they can continue their their payout ratio. And then there's companies like Apple who borrow money to you know help fund their dividend. Yeah, they they've got plenty of cash to fund their dividend. The issue is a lot of that cash is overseas, so yeah. tax reasons, which is what a lot of companies are doing. They say, you know what, we can actually issue debt to do some of these buybacks and some of these dividend increases, and create even more value for shareholders because of our ridiculous tax code here in the U.S. It is pretty ridiculous. It's horrible. I mean, oh. it's they, they say here's 35% corporate tax, but yet here's all these loopholes. And so in just instead of making it simple and say, okay, just pay a 15% flat tax, which the government would probably make more money, take away all the loopholes, cut the taxes in half, and the government would probably have more revenue. It's just Instead, it creates jobs for CPAs and attorneys and to, to try all these fancy ways to avoid the system. What are some of the stock screens you would put in if you're trying to identify a good dividend-paying stock? Um, well, again, free cash flow, looking at where the money is coming from and how they can cover it. And I think those are the biggest issues without getting too boring for morning radio.
1: We'll okay, come with you. To get your calls on the air, you can always call 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You can find CFP Chad Burton online at chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. So Verizon's in the news today, and I find this one kind of interesting because again it shows you the shifting landscape and what's happening. Verizon's Fios TV and broadband service is grappling with slowing growth. It's making a push into an area that it has it on an edge over cable, which is internet speeds. Fios unveiled much faster upload internet speeds for its customers, boosting its available bandwidth customers can use when uploading videos to the web. More has happened in the past couple years with uploads things like Dropbox. You want to watch a movie on, you know, your brother's TV? You can upload it to Dropbox, go to his brother's TV, watch your movie, kind of thing. You want to share, you know, holiday videos? You upload them, you share holiday videos. The upload, though, sometimes can be kind of slow, and you're like, man, this is taking some time. So you're seeing Comcast basically instantly do the same thing. They have the the bandwidth, they just don't want to give it to us unless they have to. Fios says that it's going to make available the same upload speeds as download speeds that customers already subscribe to for no additional charge. A subscriber gets 50 megabits per second download speeds, will now receive only 25 megabits for upload purposes um, before, you know, now they're going to be all the way up to 50. So with a 50 megabit per second connection, a subscriber could upload 200 photos or a five minute high definition video to the web in about 40 seconds. Same task would take 1.33 minutes using a 25 megabit uh, connection. So uh, we'll see. Um, Again, who would have thought that, you know, for a while their download speeds were so important because you wanted to download your content now upload speeds are becoming more important. I think there's a story in there. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black. The average American spends 2.7 hours a day on mobile internet. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can email me, rob at robblackshow.com. Um, a lot of people socializing. Take a break here. Be right back.
3: we be right back quiero infinito, yo te cuero, oh my God, I'm done. Fragment, Fragment, yo te quiero infinito, yo te cuero, oh my God, I'm done.
1: I'm Rob Black your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, CEO of Time Warner. You might have heard last week that Fox wants to buy Time Warner. Pretty big story. CEO would get $79 million if there was a merger, just to walk away. That's part of his stock options and part of his life insurance and his equity awards. Wow. I could walk away for $79 million. I think we all could probably tell our boss, to, I'll go, give me a six-pack of beer and I'll leave. Um, Just throwing it out there, if anyone wants to pony up. Big earnings day tomorrow. Um, Earnings week this week also going to influence the markets, but right now the markets are kind of freaked out by what's going on in the Middle East as well as Russia. if you're a billionaire, you know you've got to be pretty upset. If you're a Russian billionaire, you've got to be pretty upset that Vladimir Putin's policies are messing with your wealth. Uh, but I won't put words into anyone's mouth. Let's take a look at the market numbers. We have not so good of a day. A um, lot of red. S p 500 is down nine. Not so bad. Down one half one percent. Dow's down eighty six, and the Nasdaq down fifteen. Joining us now, Tony Mendez, Bay dot com. Talking real estate, talking lending. Um, just got an email, Tony, from a property manager on one of my rentals. And she asked the question Your lease is expiring in June. Um, great time to release your home. The tenant would like to stay until December 31. That's when her retirement has been delayed to. It puts me in a dilemma. What's me in a quandary, yeah. right? Well, you're in a
3: good position to begin with because you're using a property manager who can help you, say, give you some statistics. What are the percentages, uh, or is it higher percent chance I'm going to rent in June than in December? Probably more in June than in December because people are starting to shuffle things around for the summer, sure. planning schools and families, things like that. Although people might be out for summer, so this is some
1: questions that you're going to want to ask your your. Keep in mind, this is a f- single family home. Yeah, um, it's not luxurious it's probably not going to attract a family as much as it's going to attract independent professionals who might want a roommate kind of scenario. Um, Now, on the other hand, I have a rental. My lease is always
3: for the last nine years has been up on February 1st. I haven't had any problems renting in February 1st. So it's all about your property manager since it's out of the state it's something that you have to rely on that property manager to give you the right information. So I would recommend you just talk to them and figure out what the percentages are for success. This is a rental in Raleigh,
1: North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And every time you look at the fastest growing cities in America, every time you look at the lowest unemployment, it's in Raleigh. Yep. You know, it's a name Rock. that constantly pops up. They, mm-hmm. Seattle, Oklahoma City, um, Houston, Austin, uh, Denver, all the cities where young people are going to. So I'm thinking, and again, this is... It, that's the damnation game. I'm thinking I could probably rent it. I, I love the tenant. She's been no problems, yeah. no poop on the walls, no marijuana, no. Here, here's the other side of the email and I, I can see it
3: here saying that she's, she's, her retirement's been pushed out. So now if you kick her out in, in June, she has to find a place temporarily for six months. Yeah. Um, at the same time, um, she may want to re- renew the lease in December after she retires. So there's some things you may, you may want to t- have them talk to the, to your renter and see if there's uh, you know some something you can compromise. Maybe say, you know what, we'll renew it
1: for two years
3: and see what she says.
1: Yeah. So there I, are some options that you can do here. And here's the other angle that I don't like at all is my property manager's contacting me saying, like, hey, look, I know that I get a whole month of rent every time I put a new person in. She's not, I mean, they're not that. But there is a little bit of that going on. There's just a little
3: bit. I mean, they're definitely in, in the business to make money. Yeah. And keeping the houses rented, or it's going to produce cash flow yeah. for them.
1: Yeah, And see, I'm thinking, do I have more money this June? Do I have more money at Christmas? Because when that tenant goes out, new paint, new a lot of things are going to go into it to improve it. Not, well, there's another thing to consider as well. If, if you renew it, are you going to raise her rent? If you get a new renter, can you true. raise the rent? That's true. I gave this woman a sweetheart deal on the rent when the economy was That's stinking. why she wants to stay then. Yeah. Yeah. So I could easily charge an extra 200 to $400 a month. You
3: know, Raleigh's been on the top of the list as far as rents. One of the stats that I look at is uh, rental uh, multifamily construction in the United States, and Raleigh hit the top of the list in the top three. Yeah. Um, there was a huge percentage increase in the construction of rental apartments. Um, so there's a need for rents rentals And yeah, you know I, that the what is it called the uh, triangle there yeah. it's called technology triangle or something like that yeah. and and you're not too far from there so you have a desirable property and you're near the freeway right. so there's some good things that you have about the property that can command more rent so i this is a tough one for me you got a lady who wants to retire you've had her in there for a while you're going to Screw her over, basically, if you kick her out. I'm not screwing
1: a, her over. I'm getting her below same, market
3: rent. At the same time, you could you know turn around and rent. It's it. What do you want to
1: do? What BMR. Do think, BMR. It, I just made up a term, although other people use that term. Be, be nice what? Um, below market rent. Uh, below market rent. Okay. Uh, so ASAP, BMR, RB. Call me. DM. Um, so you know one of the reasons I bought in Raleigh? Explain it. I, I know why, but go ahead and because the girls there are eighteen. Oh, okay. I'm eighteen. I love that. I'm are pretty they... sure my answer would have been quite a bit different. You know, uh, it's fantastic. Every time I go back to North Carolina and visit, it's 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 culture shock because they have grits at the restaurants. Grits, and um, I figured out why they lost the Civil War, in the South, because they talk really slowly. They think a, a bagel. I'd like a bagel and cheese, and they're like, "You want to eat a dog with cheese?" And they're like, "I'm gonna go get your breakfast for you." And that's how the na- the North took them over. They just they're taking too long to <laughs> they explain talked them to death, right? No, it, while they were trying to explain that the soldiers were you know a mile away, the soldiers are in Marty marched on them. So anyway, um Raleigh, North Carolina, Durham, uh the, the research well, circle,
3: and that was a good investment. Strategy that you pulled. I mean, we were talking about this for several months. Uh, places in the United States to to uh, buy rental properties. Yeah. Again, it's something that I've talked about. People here as Bay Area prices have gone up. What are some of the alternatives for people who want to still get into real estate? There's rents are going up all across the nation, and there's still good opportunities in many many cities across no, the United States. There's no
1: shame renting here and buying a rental somewhere
3: else. We we had a 1031 exchange guy on the other day explain why buying rental properties makes sense. As soon you know, you have somebody else paying off your real estate. And then you we'll can talk transfer. It. Yeah, yeah, let's talk that about that another shell. day. I mean, it's there's there's many reasons why you buy rental property, but I first time owners property management because they'll answer questions like that for you.
1: Absolutely, and um, that ties that up in a nice little bow. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at bayarealoansource.com. He is a mortgage lender. He is my mortgage lender. He's done numerous mortgages for me. That's bayarealoansource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. <clears throat> Some of the big stories of the day. Um, Texas Instruments, likely to post second quarter earnings tonight after the closing bell. Keep an eye on that. Chipotle Mexican Grill, burrito restaurant. They're going to post earnings as well. Chipotle's been one of those stocks that, look, a lot of people want to do what they do. Very few people do what they do. Um, Chipotle's down six days. It's a $586 stock. It's got a 52-week high of 622 It started the year at about not the year, but 52 weeks ago, it was at roughly $400, and now it's at 586. That's a big move. But taking a look at the valuation, keep in mind it is a food company, and it's got a tech valuation. It's trading at 36 times next year's earnings. So even if they come out with a great number, and again, here's the ifs and buts. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, what a party we would have. Even if they come out with a great number, it's still going to be looked at as um, scrutiny, like, hey, you know, the world's kind of messed up right now, and, well, is part of, you know, mutual funds, and mutual funds are going to probably be, you know, raising cash because what's going on with the Ukraine and Russia and what's going on with uh, the food supply and what's going on with the drought and what's going on with uh, Israel and, you know, people are coming out of tunnels invading Israel, and, like, yeah, it, it can be kind of intimidating. I get that. So I'm just talking about, you know, hey, stock we're watching. Netflix reports today as well. Campbell Soup, the company is lowering their uh, performance expectations for the fiscal year. Um, that's a little bit of a reason to sell a stock. Hey, we thought we were going to earn X. We're actually going to earn X minus 5% or or X minus 2%. And some people will go, I'm out. I, I get it. There's uh, lowering of expectations can trigger a reason to sell. GoPro got initiated with an overweight rating. Uh, It's one of the stocks that was doing well early on in trading. But let's see if it's succumbed to the stock market um, in the selling that is uh, out there. GoPro is up 3% in a market that's down half of a percent. So Microsoft reports numbers tomorrow, Apple reports numbers tomorrow. So these are all stocks to keep an eye on. There's a company called EMC, which was... The last tech bubble was, you know, 1996 to 2000, and EMC was part of the, everything's going online, everything's going to be stored, all your photos have to be stored somewhere. And EMC was kind of a place on storage, you know, massive data. They're going to know, you know, when you pick your nose, when you buy a Slurpee on hot days, then another hot day comes along, 7-Eleven will be able to say, hey, let's sell them a Slurpee, let's push an ad to them. Um... So, all this data came on, and companies that did storage did very, very well. Um, It's worthy of note. 800 516 1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 516 1220. Don't be shy. Love the calls. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We have a market that is focused on geopolitical events, and that's okay. Making a little bit of a comeback here and there. I'm not stressed. We've had a great year. We've had a great five-year run. Whatever's going to cause this market to correct 10% is going to cause it, and there's nothing I could do. At some point in time, the market will probably correct 20%, and there's nothing I can do best thing I could do is have a little bit of cash on the sidelines to take advantage of lower prices when they come. Will they come this year or next year? Who knows? So right now that cash on the sideline underperforms and it's painful. It's part of the game though. It's playing it right. McDonald's Yum Brands halted buying meat products from a Shanghai supplier while authorities investigate allegations that the company sold chicken and beef past its expiration date. McDonald's asked all of its outlets to stop using products from Shanghai Husi Food. Hope I said that right, and hope I didn't just start a geopolitical tension on China. Yum's KFC and Pizza Hut restaurants did the same. The company said in a separate statement, both restaurant chains said the move would result in shortages of some items and apologize to consumers for the inconvenience. Starbucks also affected on uh, one of the menu items. So completely unacceptable. One of the reasons China has gone out and bought companies from the United States tied towards food is, we do food better. And they need to change that. Unsafe food in China, abuses that have included Fox DNA found in donkey meat, and leasing of baby formula with uh, melamine, compound used in plastics. Um, Now, nuggets were one of the only affected product. It's also a chicken, apple, panini. I know you're saying, whoa, that's what was affected at Starbucks. So this is the second time in two years that McDonald's and Yum brands have been hit with a food safety issue involving Chinese suppliers. Um, Latest food quality scandal will have a limited and transitory impact on KFC China. So they need to try to contain this, publicly speaking. They're pretty good at what they do with that said it took uh kfc a while to co- recover from their last issues um as far as food supply goes big week in earnings this week you know microsoft which is had a huge run and apple which has had a huge run they're a large part of why the sp500 had a great year uh, both report tomorrow Federal Reserve released a biannual report last week, and she talked about, Janet Yellen talked about the stock market, and she said there was she had some issues with, you know, some of the biotech valuations and some of the social media stock valuations. The last time that we had a Fed chairman talk about that was way back in December of 1996, and it ended very badly. Alan Greenspan was Fed head at the time, and his question about, our inability to know when irrational exuberance inflated asset values to levels beyond which they could be sustained by fundamentals triggered a panicking market sell-off. So Greenspan was replaced by Ben Bernanke. Ben Bernanke was replaced by Janet Yellen. So it's been a while. I mean, good God, 18 years. Does that sound right? Ugh, getting older. So at that point in time, Greenspan never, ever spoke about, you know stock valuations and bubbles again um and he wasn't wrong it it was until 2000 that the bubble burst having climbed another 80 plus percent he wasn't wrong but sometimes even the smartest people can be inaccurate in timing of their forecasts so be cautious you know uh like i said i like i like pullbacks. I'm not as young as I used to be, but I'm still pretty darn young in my mind. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing in more, taking a look at, you know, one of the bigger ideas out there today. Um, We started lower which was interesting because Thursday we had the Malaysian Airlines crash. Thursday we had Israel and Hamas having their issues. Geopolitical concerns lined with Israel's ground invasion of Gaza. Some new sanctions going against Russia. So you get a broad based weakness. But what's interesting about that is Thursday the market was concerned. Friday it wasn't concerned. Monday it's concerned. Sound familiar? Men? um, With somebody in your life? um so the sanctions on russia you know it was implied if russia doesn't bend to the calls of international community on the you know aforementioned matters tied towards pro-russian separatists in the eastern ukraine um, new sanctions are coming and that's got the citizens of russia concerned so, will Putin back down or not? Does he have to? I don't know. This show does not pretend to be uh, on top of geopolitical events. Really- so, the latest monetary policy report to Congress was 55 pages. And again, it's worthy of paying attention to our Federal Reserve. Not, like, getting overly anxious by it. But do pay attention. Don't live... Uh, Like an ostrich head in the sand. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.